0: Welcome to this week's episode of the North Bible Church Podcast. Now, let's join our pastor as we open God's Word together.
1: Good morning. How are we doing this morning? Uh, Thank you for being here on a holiday weekend. It's just awesome to see so many of you here. I know a lot of people leave during this time of year, Um, but I'm just so grateful to see you guys this morning. I'm excited to share. If you don't know me, my name's Brent. I'm the... um, the student pastor and the young adults pastor here at North. And I want to start off this morning before we get into our parable. We are still in this, um, This. Uh, hold on one sec. I've shared with you guys that I have panic disorder and right now I feel like I'm going to have a panic attack. So just pray with me real quick. Let me get centered. Cool. Thank you. God, for some reason, you told, I, I knew last night this was going to happen this morning. But the reality is, God, um, you can use me in my weakness in spite of what I go through. So, Lord, right now I pray, pray for clarity. I pray for your words to come through me. And, um, Lord, I don't want to just get through this message. I want to preach what you put on my heart. And, God, that it would rest on our hearts this morning. I give you this time. Um, Lord, just give me peace in the midst of chaos. As we just sang, Lord, thank you for your truth and the reality of who you are. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys for being an understanding body. I so appreciate that. Um, so the question I want to ask this morning, before we get into this parable, and maybe you've thought about this question before. Maybe you haven't. Maybe it's been years since you've thought about this question. But the question I want you to think about this morning is, if I were to come up and ask you, what do you want to be known for? What would be your answer? And here's the thing. I, I like participation. I like for people to answer, but here's what I don't want. We're in a church setting, so when I pose that question, you might be thinking of things that sound churchy, that sound like the best Christian answer to give. And that's not what I'm looking for this morning. I'm looking for real answers. And before I give you, before I give you the opportunity to share, um, as I was thinking about this question for myself of what do I want to be known for, I had a lot of thoughts and I kind of came up with a direction I want to go, but I thought of my grandfather. And um, I have a couple pictures I want to show you. Oh yeah, my, my grandma's watching and I told her I waved to her. So hi, Ma, I love you. Um, she's back in Pennsylvania. So my grandfather passed away due to COVID. And um, yesterday at, uh, in Western Pennsylvania, there, there's what's called the Big Butler Fair, okay? It's a fair that there's the rides, there's the greasy, delicious food that you gain a lot of weight from. But there's a pop stand, it's called pop, not soda, okay? It will never be soda in my family, it's pop. And um, my grandfather for years would go to this pop stand and volunteer, okay? And this is the kind of man that he was because they, they did a dedication, they put a plaque at this pop stand last night in honor of his memory because the man made such an impact on people's lives from selling a dollar bottle of pop. It's just amazing to me when I think about my grandfather's life, what he was known for and all the things he was known for. He was a hard worker. He was selfless. He was driven. He was the hands and feet of Jesus everywhere he went. And sometimes he was the voice of Jesus. He, worked, he did everything by action and let Jesus work through him that way. But it says, in memory of our friend Gene, who volunteered many hours in the Prospect Franklin Township Volunteer Fire Department pop stand, at the big butler fair, loved by many, missed by all. I want my life to be lived in such a way that people make plaques about me at a pop stand. And the best thing about my grandfather is, if he saw that, okay, he'd tear it down and break it up because he is so not about himself. If you kind of want to understand who my grandfather was, Steve Neely, you remind me so much of my grandfather, and I love that you're in my life because it's like, yeah just selfless, kind-hearted, just loving is Jesus. And then another thing, another plaque they made for him. Um, Every Tuesday, my grandfather would go to a Christian camp and he'd, he'd fix things, he'd build things. Everybody knew Gene, loved Gene. Even if they didn't know his name, he'd always play pranks on people, but everybody loved him and they dedicated a bench to him. Okay, what do you want to be known for in your life? What I want to be known for, I want to be known as someone who unapologetically loves people and serves people to build the kingdom of God, just like my grandfather. Ooh, sorry, getting choked up. I missed my granddad. Um, but for you, if I were to pose this question, what do you want to be known for? Does anybody want to shout anything out? Oh, gosh, don't call on me. Compassion. Thank you for starting a catalyst compassion, anything else, grace, kindness, doing the right thing, loyalty, generousness, trust, yes, humility, prayer, oh, that's a good one, yes, love you, Josiah, good answer, buddy, okay, you're welcome, okay, I, I did a poll, and I, I reached out to some of my friends, and it, their answers were loving Jesus, being nice, having loyalty and kindness, being brave, having love, being a light, being warm towards others. I want to be known for how I love. I want to be reliable. My one friend said she wants to be known for having moxie, which she does. I want to be kind and accepting to all. I want to be fun. I want to be a good friend. But whatever your answer is, and maybe, maybe you've never thought about that in a while. Okay? And maybe you're just going through the motions of life where you're not really living proactively to try to be known for something. But whatever your answer is, the decisions that you make every day will put you on a trajectory to either get there or not get there. Okay? Whether you realize this, everybody, you're known for something. Every single one of us is known for something by the people that God has put in our lives. You have a reputation and it's made by, listen, your reputation is made by not what your intentions are, but the reality is what your actions are, not just the things you want to say, but what you actually say, not just by what you think, but what actually comes out of your mouth, whether it's filtered or not before it comes out. It's not our internal reality that gives us our reputation, but it's our external, our outward reality that gives us our reputation. Okay, and here's the one thing about life is in your mind, you might be a completely different person than how people see you think about that for a second you might think you're one way in your mind but the way you live comes across completely differently you could be so blind to how you come across but the reality is you're going to be known for something and the reality is you should be known for something and it's important as believers what we're known for in scripture it's clear that as followers of Jesus as image bearers as ambassadors Of God himself that we should be known by something the world will know that we are followers of Christ scripture lists two things by our love in John 13 35 and then our fruit which is what we're going to be talking about today so what do you want to be known for and if it's a reality in your life how do you plan on getting there one thing that I think might be sorry had turbulence one thing that might be interesting is for you to go to the people that you love, your circle of friends in different settings, maybe your church friends, maybe your work friends, and ask them that question, what do you know me for? It might be a very humbling experience, but if you are a student of life and constantly wanna get better, it might actually set you on a trajectory to get to where you wanna go, okay? To to get to building his kingdom, where he rules and reigns, and Jesus is our ultimate example because that's what the parables are about. It's about the kingdom of God, and Jesus talked about the kingdom of God in these parables, and all a parable is in the simplest form, it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning to paint a picture of what the kingdom of God was, what it was like, and how to engage in it, as a member of that kingdom, okay? He would use stories that people would understand about everyday life that people could connect with, okay? The nice thing about parables is there's a lot of times that we can put ourselves in the story as one of the characters, whether it's a person or an inanimate object, which is what we're gonna be looking at today. So this parable does apply to you, okay? So it is the truth of God, but it matters what you do with this truth that you're gonna hear about today. And I got four verses to work with today. Four verses. It's Luke thirteen six through 9. So if you have your Bible, if you want to open it, if like the, the physical touch, you can look at your phone or you can just follow along with the Bible in the sky. Okay, so Luke 13, 6 through 9 says, He told this parable, A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it, and he'd found none. And he said to the vine dresser, Look, for three years now I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? And he answered him, sir, let it alone this year until I dig around it and put on manure. Then if it should bear fruit next year, well and good, but if not, you can cut it down. Okay. So there's this fig tree that looks like a fig tree, has the right leaves of a fig tree, probably hangs out with all the other fig trees when they're hanging out, but yet it isn't doing what the fig tree is supposed to do. The purpose of the fig tree is to provide and bear fruit fruit so if it's not growing fruit what good is it okay the guy that owns the fig trees like i might as well cut it down uh, side question who's ever eaten a fig in here that's way more than i thought how about no fig but a fig newton yeah there we go i've never had either okay which is sad like i've never i don't think i've had either okay yeah that side note i just wanted to see if anybody actually eats figs okay so back to the parable so what we can assume is that this tree was planted in a healthy vineyard. It was planted in healthy, good soil. It was taken care of by the gardener, getting watered, being pruned. Basically, it was given every opportunity to grow where it was planted, to produce fruit where it was planted, but it didn't. Each element of the story can be seen as a character, and I'm going to explain what this, what this means, okay? So you have to look at it this way. God is the man who owns where the fig tree is planted. So he owns the fig tree. The, the garden is planted in, is can be the church. All right. The soil or the manure is the word of God and the gardener is Jesus. All right. So between the vineyard, where the, ch- the, the church and the soil, the word of God, we in our lives are provided what we need to grow. Okay. We come to church, we learn we gain understanding. Whether you're in life groups, you break stuff down, you do life together. And through the word of God, we are put in a position to grow spiritually. And if you are, uh, if you are an active participant in the kingdom of God, the result of that is going to grow fruit. Jesus is the gardener that when the, the man or God says, Hey, that's not that tree's not bearing any fruit, I'm gonna cut it down. Jesus intercedes on behalf of the tree and is like, let me, give me another year give me another year with it. Let me see if I can nurture it, let it grow. But if it doesn't bear any fruit, then you can cut it down. And you think about the reality of like, we, we are this tree and when we're not bearing fruit, Jesus intercedes on our behalf because he loves us. Okay. But you have to think how patient the Lord is with us to continue to give us second chances, third chances, fourth chances to continue to grow. But the reality is, even though God is patient, it doesn't get us out of the reality of eternal judgment. If we continue to live a life of unrepentance and sin, we will be cut off. So the thing I want to focus on today about this fig tree is why it's not producing fruit. So if you're a Christian or a follower of Jesus... Okay, why aren't you producing fruit? And Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God. And once again, where that is, it's, it's here, but it's not complete yet until Jesus comes back. But we, as, as followers of Jesus, live under the rule and reign of Jesus and what God says. Okay, the reality of this parable is it is about repentance, a word that we throw around in church a lot but do we really understand the gravity of what it means for our daily life, okay? Repentance, all it is, is turning the other direction, doing a 180. So it, it's an about face. So you're walking this way. Repentance means I'm going this way. But so often we get this mixed up in our lives because we just keep it about the behavior in our life. We think if we choose to do something different on the outside, okay, then that is true repentance. But repentance has to start internally, It has to start internally. Your behavior will not change until your heart does, and you allow God to to take it, and and you'd say, God, what you say is right, what I say is wrong. Repentance has to start within. James says in chapter 115 that once a desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, which ultimately brings forth, forth death. Our desires come from within, then we think them, then we act them, okay? So repentance has to come from within. 2 Corinthians 5.17 is a familiar verse that says, In Christ you're a new creation. But this is the sad reality of a lot of people of faith that come to church every single Sunday is that we pray one prayer and then we just kind of leave it at that. And then we just get attached to the Jesus things. Okay, we go to church, we get plugged in, whatever it is. But the reality is that we end up looking like the world, we sound like the world, and we kid ourselves that we're in the world but not of it because we continue to live the same life, okay? Have you stepped into your, your new creationness, the newness that Jesus has for you? It's taking off the old clothes and putting on the new clothes of righteousness. When God says this is right, okay, and we follow and abide in that, how many of you struggle with sin? Oh, oh yeah. Me, big time. Okay? It's a daily thing, right? So if sin is a daily practice, repentance needs to be a daily practice. Confession needs to be a daily practice. Turning away from the things that dishonor God that he says is wrong needs to be a daily practice. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says, "Therefore since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight, and sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seating at the right hand of the throne of God. It's really hard to look towards Jesus when we keep walking away from him in sin. It's really hard to follow Jesus when the sin Jesus took off took for us off the cross is something that you continue to carry with you. Repentance means I'm not, I'm gonna choose not to continue to live this way. Okay? But it's an internal decision that affects your uh, affects your external reality. That's why it's we're told take off the sin. When you run a race, are you gonna put on a backpack on that weighs 40 pounds? No, you want as little resistance as you possibly can. And as followers of Christ, as we run this race towards Jesus, we need to throw off the things that keep us down, that that weigh us down. And the reason we get stuck in sin and go back to it over and over and over again is because we just keep it about the behavior rather than the internal reality of what the root of the struggle is. That's why we go back to the same sin again and again and again. And that's why we get in bondage to it. Our internal reality shapes our external reality. Um, the Greek word for repentance is a word metanoeo. Metanoeo. Okay, that's the word for repentance. And it's broken down into two, two, two parts. Meta, meaning movement or change. And then noeo is talking about the mind. It's thoughts, it's dispositions, it's perceptions and purposes. But most importantly, it's how you think. So metanoeo means to change how you think. That's repentance. When Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God, so many of the Jews didn't understand it. And he told them to repent, meaning you have to change the way you think if you really want to understand what I'm about. But they were so held tight to the law that they couldn't even realize that this was their savior. John the Baptist in Luke 3, 8 tells us to bear fruits in keeping with repentance. And then he goes on to show an example of what that looks like in an external thing. He says, whoever has two two tunics is to share with them who has none and whoever has food is to do likewise. So there's an an internal choice, and then an external behavior that changes. Uh, a great example of instant repentance is the story of Zacchaeus, the tax collector that stole so much money from people. Jesus is coming around. Zacchaeus is in a tree. Jesus says, hey, buddy, let's go to your house. Zacchaeus has an honest interaction with Jesus. He is saved, and then it's immediate repentance. He looks at what he did. He stole all this money. He's like, I need to go pay this back. And then he does it with interest on top of that. Repentance means that you might have to right a wrong in your life. If God calls you to do that, there was this girl I can remember um, I wasn't nice to when I was in elementary school. And as I'm working through repentance in my own life, God told me, reach out to her and apologize. I was like, yeah, right. It's been 25 years, God. Funny. then it just kept saying, reach out to her reach out to her, Brent. You want this, you want to continue to live in the newness of life, reach out to her. So I reached out to her and I said, Hey, this is weird, but I just want to know I've been praying and I feel like God wanted me to reach out. And I just want to acknowledge that I treated you poorly when I was younger. And I wanted to apologize for that. I just want to ask for your forgiveness. And she responded. She's like, Brent, I don't remember anything other than you being a nice guy. And I was like, I literally thought I gave this girl a complex, like no joke. Like, it, 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 it ate at me so much. So when, when I apologized and she said, I don't remember that, I just said, I do. So I just want to make sure that we're good and there's nothing you, need, you feel you need to say to me. She's like, Brent, I honestly don't remember. So as I'm repenting and, and continuing to learn how to walk in the newness of life, God's going to do things in your heart that might have you reach out to somebody that you've wronged before. Okay? And the reality is, it wasn't for her; it was for me, so that I don't, I can throw off that sin and continue to live a life striving for righteousness. It was about me being free, not her. Okay, repentance leads to forgiveness; forgiveness leads to freedom. Okay, Jesus calls us to a new way of life, to do life like Him, to think like Him, and to see the world like Him. Okay, so in your life. Are you moving toward toward Christ and away from the internal decision to sin? Are you taking your thoughts captive to obey Christ? When we genuinely repent within, the results will be visible on the outside. If there's no fruit being displayed in your life, you are no different than that barren fig tree. And I know that's harsh, but sometimes the truth can be very harsh and very offensive because it puts us in the right place with God. Okay? We are not righteous. It's only through Christ that we are righteous. But as if you represent Jesus as an image-bearer, okay? Are you a barren fig tree? Cuz here's the thing about barren fig trees. They can hang out with all the other fig trees that are bearing fruit and blend in pretty well. And that's what happens in churches so often. And here's what we get backwards at church, okay? Our fruit needs to be on display so much out there so that people can see the goodness of God, but so often we're like i got to put my fruit on when I come into church so that way people think I have it all together. So that way people think I'm a good Christian. So people think that I'm I'm an active member of the body of Christ. And this is so backwards. This needs to be the place where we come in and get refined, where we talk about the things that we're going through, where we get help from one another, where we hear from the Lord. So that way, in our refining, we go out and we're ready to go, and we are just blooming with the fruit of Of God. We get this so backwards. It's not about being fruitful in here. Like, this is where you come in and say, Man, my fruit, it's just rotten right now. What can I do? Who can come alongside me? How can I be more like Jesus? This is what kingdom living is. We try to handle this stuff so much on our own. We're ashamed to talk about it, we're ashamed to share it with others that I struggle with this sin because we're afraid of judgment. We need to be afraid of the other judgment uh, of getting cut down. But here's, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Um, get an accountability buddy. Yep, accountability buddy. A buddy that can help hold you accountable. Life is better with an accountability buddy. Somebody that you do life with, that can sharpen you, that you are honest with, that, that you can, when you are lowest of lows, they are there for you, all right? You are not too good for an accountability, buddy. You're not. If you think you're good enough and that you can handle things on your own, you are believing a lie from the depths of hell. God gives us community. God gives us each other. I'm not good all the time. I'm not good really ever. I need people in my life that I can bounce things off of, that I can go to with my struggles. We need to be real about this stuff. Think back to like when you gave your life to Jesus. Think back to that beautiful moment when you gave your life to Jesus. Maybe it was 20 seconds ago, maybe it was 20 minutes ago, maybe it was 20 years ago. Whatever it is, how are you a different person today because of Jesus in your life? How are you a different person because of Jesus in your life? Repentance is something that is we say in church, but is such a something that is not practiced enough within the body, within ourselves. When was the last time you repented? When was the last time you went to God and said, God, one, forgive me, but I renounce this. I, I give this to you. I'm turning from the struggle in my life. Or is your repentance you just trying to fix your behavior? Behavior doesn't change until the heart does. But with our behavior, we can blend in with all the other fig trees. But we're not producing fruit. How has God changed your worldview to see through his eyes? How are you growing as a fig tree? How are you growing connected to the source of life so that you can bear fruit? This is kingdom living. If these aren't practices in your daily life, then you're a barren fig tree. Are you bearing fruit? Something is on display in your life. If it's not fruit, what is it? Jesus touches on this in Matthew 7, 15 through 20. And he says, beware false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. Is that my kid on there? (laughs) Is that Brooks? Sorry, that just totally threw me off. I didn't know that was the, I just looked back there on the slide. I'm like, that's different. Sorry. Woo. Woo. That's so, so random. (laughs) Anyway, a healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit. A healthy tree can't bear bad fruit. And a diseased tree can't bear good fruit. Plain and simple. They will know us by our fruits. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. We will all be judged. We stand before God. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. So what are you known for? And what do you want to be known for? Jesus is talking about being able to recognize authentic followers of Jesus. How will we know or how will they know? By our fruit. By the fruit that we display. It's, and here's the thing. It's wolves among sheep. There's a lot of posers out there. There's a lot of fakers. And here's the thing. Sometimes we fool ourselves. Thinking that we are right with God. Thinking that we are in community with God. But we're not. If a tree is healthy... It's going to produce fruit. He's also talking about false prophets, which I think that's interesting, too, because you just need to be aware of the, the like, if you listen to sermons or, or, or love to just kind of go through church stuff, you need to be aware of who you're listening to, okay, and the fruit they're displaying, and how does it line up with Scripture. That's just a side note. If it doesn't line up with Scripture, then it's not good, okay? These barren fig trees, here's the scary thing about it, Okay? Barren fig trees can run ministries. Barren fig trees can lead on worship teams. Barren fig trees attend service every Sunday. Barren fig trees are in life groups all the time. But they're not bearing fruit because it's not about Jesus. It's about the Jesus things. Those who love Jesus obey his commands, and the evidence of that is fruit. If you are a disciple, a disciple is this simple. It's one who hears, obeys, and shares. We got the hearing part down. What about the obedience part? Do you feel you were in obedience to your heavenly father because he desires what's best for you? He desires what's best for you. John 15, 5 through 8. I feel, like, I feel like every time I preach, I bring this passage up. Okay, I'm sure you guys don't remember, which is awesome. But like when I'm writing these things, I, God will give me a verse. And I'm like, ah, I've used that one already, Lord. And he's like, it's good. It's my word. So John 15, 5 through 8, he says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. If you remain in me. If you remain in me, if you remain in me, if you abide, if you live by the word of God, if, if, if he is your king, then you will bear much fruit. Your life will display whether or not you are in line with your heavenly father. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you don't remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. And withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. The chief end of man is to glorify God. We exist to glorify God and to enjoy him and what he has for us. So when we live according to God's word, we will bear fruit for the glory of God, which is why we walk this earth. But remember, apart from him, you can do nothing. So stop trying to change your behavior and fix the actual problem internally. Fruit is a direct result of being connected to Jesus. So what is the fruit? i want to break that down real quick. What is the fruit? Galatians 5, 16 through 23. Paul writes this. But I say walk in the spirit kingdom living and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do but if you're led by the spirit you're not under the law now the works of the flesh are evident i wanted to do this before we get into this fruit okay because this is world living that paul's talking about before he talks about kingdom living he says this is the opposite of kingdom living sexual morality impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and then things like all of these. He's just like, that's a lot. We'll just do the general. Like, just these things are worldly living. Raise your hand if you struggle with one or more of these things. Yeah. Every single one of us Every single one of us, because that's not kingdom living. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, which is what Jesus talks about in parables. You will be cut down. You will be cut down. Those things aren't kingdom living. These are the things that we're told to throw off and get rid of. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There is no law. Notice when it says fruit, it's not fruits. It's fruit of the Spirit that is on display. And here's where we kid ourselves, too. We think that we're, like, good if we're like, oh, I have love and patience. That's not how it works. It's a fruit that is fully, all of these things are on display when you are kingdom living and connected to the vine as a branch. All of this is one fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So don't kid yourself saying, well, I have a couple of those, so I'm good. That's not the reality of what Scripture is saying. This fruit, all of these beautiful things are in one fruit when we are connected to the vine. And here's the thing, all of those things, you can can display them in a worldly sense, love, joy, peace, all of those things. But a lot of it's by our own efforts or our external efforts. Circumstances, the fruit that is played, displayed through Christ is because He is the reality of who you are internally. But I want to I want to look at the opposite of this fruit and take. An, this is for you to take an inventory for yourself to see if you're kingdom living or not. Okay, and it's not like it's not to feel bad, but it's just kind of a barometer to say, okay, this is more evident in my life than this. So there's something internally that needs to be fixed in me that I need to take to God. So obviously the opposite of love is hate. Okay, The opposite of joy is misery or unhappiness. The opposite of peace is anxiety, worry, or fear, which the devil played a lot with me on that one. Like dealing with panic disorder and anxiety, I just felt not good enough. I felt there was something internally wrong that I I hadn't repented of, that there was whatever it was. Okay, but God, God guided me into his truth. So these are all things to pray through, to pray through, to work, work through with, with God. The, uh, the, the opposite of patience, restlessness, uneasiness, agitation, irritability. Kindness, the opposite is being hard-hearted. Inhumanity, mercilessness, not wanting to extend mercy to somebody else for whatever reason. But yet we are given mercy from Jesus. Kingdom living is different. The opposite of goodness is wickedness or immorality. The opposite of faithfulness is being untrustworthy or infidelity. The opposite of gentleness, hardness, harshness. And there's a couple of these that I think of like uh, parents we struggle with. Because like when you come to church, like your kids can be absolutely doing whatever in the back. And you can like haul off and just ream them out and scream at them at the top of your lungs. And then you get out of the car and you're like, church face time, I'm good. We laugh because it's true, okay? But this is the reality. This is kingdom living. So if that's something that that you struggle with, okay, it's not a behavioral issue. It's an internal issue. Obviously, you need to work things out with your kids and what they're doing wrong. But if you find yourself responding in a way that is not really kingdom-based, then there's an internal struggle going on that you need to repent of. And the opposite of self-control is being weak-minded or easily swayed, being careless, footloose and fancy-free or loosey-goosey, okay? So as I listed those things and you hear them, which, fu- which side do you find yourself more on? The fruit of the Spirit or living by the flesh and what the world is, okay? Kingdom living is living by the fruit. We hear the Word of God and we obey it. Repentance is changing our minds and hearts to draw closer to the heart of God daily so we can live like Jesus. And when we bear fruit, God gets all the glory. So what do you want to be known for? Let me help you. If you're, new, if you're a new creation, which all of us are who are in Jesus, act like it. If you're a new creation, act like it. Live in the truth of God and allow him to cha- continue to change you from the inside out through the power of Holy- his Holy Spirit. But act like you are a new creation and live in the kingdom of God. There's far too many people that claim Jesus as their savior, but they are no different than the rest of the world. No different than the rest of the world. There's an, old, there's an old saying, I think it was by Brennan Manning, maybe I might have that wrong, but it's the single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and go out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. Deny him by their lifestyle. They look like a fig tree, they can talk like a fig tree, but they're a barren fig, fig tree. There's no fruit. There's no fruit. If your mind is being renewed by the truth of God and you have the mind of Christ, think like it is. Scripture says that we have the mind of Christ, that we are being renewed every time you open the word of God. Every time you give the Spirit something to work with, your mind is constantly being renewed. Think like it is. If you are having trouble with that, there's an internal struggle that you need to repent from. Final thing, you are a child of God. Live like it. Live like a child of God. Not by, and all of these things is not by our own power. Not by our own power. Jesus didn't leave us alone in these things. He said, I'm giving you my spirit. And when we walk in that spirit, he will convict us of our sin and lovingly guide us into his truth to be more like Christ and bear fruit. When we're rooted in God, when we live in the vineyard, we're nourished by his word, and when we turn away from the sin we are supposed to be dead to, To live as a new creation by the power of the Spirit, we're going to bear much fruit. We're going to bear much fruit, not by our own doing, but by his loving grace and goodness that He, he entered into this relationship with us and gives us an opportunity to partner with him in his kingdom building. You think about that. Like, who am I that God would look down and be like, hey, you're a good one. Why don't you get to work in building my kingdom? Who am I? Who are any of us? But it's not about us. It's about him and his kingdom. So I want to leave you with this question. What do you want to be known for? What do you want to be known for? And if you get the answer to that, what are you going to do to put yourself on the trajectory to get to that point? Okay? Not Not that there's wrong answers because, yes, as a Christian, the main thing I want to do here on this earth is I want to bear fruit. I want people to know that I follow Jesus by the fruit that is on display, okay? As a man and as a husband and as a father and as a pastor, I want to live a life that unapologetically loves people and serves people to build the kingdom of God. But all of us, as followers of Jesus, our desire should be to bear fruit because that's how people will know, and that's what gives God the glory. Amen? Let's pray. (laughs) God, you're good. You work in spite of weaknesses. You work in spite of struggles. And Lord, I'm so grateful for how you work. I thank you for your grace, your mercy that as I walked up here, just knowing that I was going to have a spell, just what you do in the midst of Things that can easily allow the devil to win, but not today, Satan. So, Lord, as your fig trees, as we are in the vineyard, God is the soil that we are we are being nourished by in the in the word of your truth. Lord, I pray that all of these things bear fruit, that all of these things, Lord, produce fruit in our lives. That God, when people see us. They see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, all for your glory. Lord, I pray that we wrestle with that question, what do we want to be known for? God, I pray that we don't live passive lives, but we live proactive lives in pursuit of holiness and righteousness. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you convict us of our sin. Lord, I pray even as we go throughout our day, Lord, that um, God... Bring forth what we need to repent from. So, the Lord, that we can walk in the way everlasting and be more like you, and that you would get glory. God, you're so good. We love you. It's your name we pray. All God's people said.
0: In just a moment, we'll rejoin our pastor for today's closing thoughts. But first, we wanted to thank you for tuning in. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com. Now, some closing thoughts from our pastor. If
1: you're new with us today, uh, just let me say you can come hang with us fig trees anytime in our garden. We'd love that. Um, As you go today, think about these things. If you don't have an accountability, buddy, like, get one. Walk through life with people. Find somebody you can connect with. Connect with them. Just talk. God gives us relationship. God give, gives us community so we can be refined become more like him. But as you go today, man, bear much fruit. Not because of anything you do, but all because of him and how he works in spite of the broken people that we are. God is good. We love you guys. Thanks for coming. We will see you next week.
0: Thank you for joining us for this week's message. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website, at northbiblechurch.com.